And the Lord be with you. This is the day the Lord has made, rain and all. We are grateful to God. Let's greet one another, shake hands and say good morning. Good morning. We, worship, we welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church, especially if you're visiting with us today. We're so glad that you've come. There is a friendship pad that's right on the end of your pew next to the center aisle. Love it if you would fill it out, whether you are a regular or whether you're visiting with us today. And pass it down the row and then pass it back to the center so that we know who's here with us today. The announcement sheet, the connections, is in the bulletin. You'll notice there's a women's brunch at 10 a.m. over in Tankersley Hall. Even if you didn't sign up, you are welcome to come. There is no charge for that, and the food will be wonderful. Also on the inside, you'll see that women's retreat, which is in a couple of weeks. Tomorrow is the deadline to sign up. There's a cart there where you can sign up, or you can sign up at the brunch, or you can sign up online for that. It will be a terrific weekend. Third Friday Clippers has a unique program this month. They are going to be featuring Gary Waller, who is a, a part of our congregation. Gary was a pastor in the South during the Civil Rights era and has lots of tales to tell about that. And it will be a great evening. We will also be serving Southern food, jambalaya, and black-eyed peas. Um, and the book talk group, their book has come in. It will be The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks, and that is on the patio if you would like to be able to get that today. There will be a sanctuary tour next Sunday morning right at the end of second service explaining the theology and the thought behind some of the design that went into the sanctuary remodel. And also next Sunday, our mission outreach committee will be meeting and they invite anyone who would like to come and join them to join them in hearing Reverend Tamara John talk about her ministry. Next Sunday, we set our clocks forward. So beware, if you think you're coming to first service, if you don't set your clock, you just may be in second service instead. I think that's it. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord. We, we open our hearts to you this morning. You are the one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Your Spirit has wooed us and won us and brought us to this place this morning. We come to listen to your word, to sing your praises, to be in fellowship together, to be prepared for our mission in the world. So anoint us in a special way in this hour. Give to us the message that we need to hear. In your name, amen calls us into worship from the printed call to worship found in your bulletin. I will tell of your name to my brothers and sisters. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him. Stand in awe of him, all you offspring of Israel. Oh, oh give, give thanks, thanks to, to the Lord. Lord. Call, call on, on his name. name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wonderful works. Glory in his name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wonderful works he has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. O offspring of his servant Abraham, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. When, when the, the fullness, fullness of time, time had come, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, 
in order to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as children. And because we are children, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir through God. This is my father's world, and to my listening ears, all nature sings and proudly rings the music of the sea. This is my father's world, but I rest in the And trembles at his voice, and trembles at his voice. 
us into your presence to worship you, and so we do. Let us be seated, church, as we continue in worship. We read the prophetic words of Micah and Isaiah addressed directly to us this morning. Hear the words from the prophet Micah. He has told you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Sing together. of the prophet Isaiah. Hear, O heavens, and listen, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I reared children, and I brought them up, but they rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner, and the donkey its master's crib. My people do not understand. People laden with iniquity, offspring who do evil, children who deal corruptly, who have forsaken Lord, who have despised the Holy One of Israel, who are utterly estranged. Sing 
Oh, my children, wash yourselves, make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Oh, my children, cease to do evil, learn to do good. Seek justice, rescue the oppressed, defend the orphan, plead for the widow. Sing this together, church. God of mercy, whose Son, Jesus Christ, longs to gather us in the wide embrace of his love, we confess, we confess that we have been wayward children. We have disobeyed your commands. Our ears have been deaf to your call. Our hearts have been cold to your love. In your great mercy, receive us yet again as your well-beloved children, not because we are worthy, but for the sake of him who loved us and gave himself to us. And so hear us as we come before you in the silence. We pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come now and let us argue it out, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be like snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. Through the mercy of God, in Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. Oh Lord, show us your ways as we prepare to hear your word. Show me. Show me your ways that I may walk with you. Show
come to be attentive to your word this morning. Amen. Read the gospel text first this morning from the gospel of Mark chapter 8. Words spoken by Jesus at mid-course in his public ministry as he had turned his face to go up to Jerusalem where he knew what awaited him. Along the way then, he gave this discipleship instruction to his disciples. Mark eight thirty four. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this sinful and adulterous generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And Paul's word to the church in Rome, Romans chapter 8, verse 12. So then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, our sonship. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if in fact we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The people of Israel were called out of slavery in Egypt to begin a journey toward the promised land, their inheritance. At the time of the Exodus, they were ready to go. And yet at the same time, very fearful about what the journey might mean. But nevertheless, through the mighty acts of God and under the leadership of Moses, whom God had sent from the Sinai back down into Egypt, and Moses did not really want to do this or accept this, this mission, nevertheless, under his leadership, the people rallied, they came together, they were led through the Red Sea and into the wilderness of Sinai. And up to the mountain of Sinai where they, 
sealed their relationship with God, or I should say that God sealed his relationship, his covenant with the people and gave them his law and called them to trust in him with their very beings, with their body and soul, to journey toward the inheritance, the promised land. But as time passed, they became more and more afraid. And some decided within their own souls that they were ready to go back to Egypt. That's the security of slavery was more comfortable than being free as the people of God. In many ways, Israel's story is our story. It's our personal stories. It's the story of the church, of beginning a journey, and then along the way, because of the difficulties and the anxieties and the fears that are stirred up as a result of the journey, it almost seems more comfortable to go back, to return home, Sometimes slavery can seem more appealing than freedom. You ever want to go back home where everything was tacked down? Where your world was organized and secure and you knew all the actors? When I was a child, I was very happy growing up in my elementary school and in my neighborhood and in my city. And then one day, my dad took the family to another city when I was in the sixth grade, and I thought I had lost everything. And oh, I wanted to go back home, and I, I had these repetitive dreams about being back home in the security of that place, of school, of friends, of neighborhood, of house, and all of that. And this dream kept coming back to me. In my dreams, it seemed like I was almost there. And then one day, it seemingly out of the blue, Dad said, we're going back. And it was so wonderful. I was going home, back to the place of security. Sometimes dreams come to us as the voice of God, God's efforts to communicate with us. My spiritual mentor has told me that I need to attend to my dreams, especially if they are repetitive dreams. You ever have repetitive dreams? where it's the same dream over and over, maybe not every night, but along the way, the dreams, they keep coming back. And often, my repetitive dreams have to do with leading a tour and taking a group of people out to another place and trying to get them back in one piece. And the frustrating thing about those dreams is that I just can't get it all together. I can't get my bags packed. There are buses to, to meet and there are plane schedules. 
And there are all kinds of things impinging. And as hard as I try, I can't get the group back. Or there's frustration. I can't get my clothes on. One of the most recent dreams, and I'll let you in on your pastor's dream life here. <laughs> I did get back. But I got, barely got back, and my bags were in the prayer room in the sanctuary, and my clothes were all over the place. And I tried. I was supposed to preach that Sunday morning, and I tried to get myself ready for church in the prayer room to shave, <laughs> to put my shirt and tie on, and I couldn't find any of my clothes. I looked for my shoes. The service had started. And by the time I got into the sanctuary, the service was over. The pulpit was gone, and the people were leaving. And I was frozen with fears. Going back to a safe and secure place, getting home, being a shepherd of a flock, getting the flock back together in one piece, getting our lives organized, our bags packed, our, our financial plans made. It goes on and on, doesn't it? Sometimes it just seems too risky to move out there into the future. Ours is a generation that some say has been immobilized by fear. And the Christian church hears the message of good news that if you are led by the Spirit of God, you are the children of God. For we have not received the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Think about those great transitions of your life in which you've had to make decisions to leave securities, to move into God's future, into God's call upon your life. And some of the tensions and frustrations and anxieties and fears that that has implied. I think the Apostle Paul, he must have known because he came out of this very secure ghetto in Tarsus and had gone to Jerusalem to study. And his life was secure, and he was climbing up a ladder of ecclesiastical success. And then he met Christ on the road to Damascus, and his life was transformed, and he was called to a new destiny to begin a new journey into the Greco-Roman world, to be the apostle to the Gentiles. And that stirred up all kinds of difficulties in every synagogue that he visited as he proclaimed a message that was for all people, for Jews and Gentiles, that God was at work reconciling the world to himself, creating one new humanity that was called to be a light to the nations, to build the kingdom of God. The Lord was calling a community that was willing to take up its cross and follow Jesus, even though it might mean suffering along the way. 
God has not given us a spirit of slavery. He's given to us, rather, a spirit of adoption. The literal Greek word is sonship. We think of the call of Jesus and his movement into his mission at the the waters of baptism. Call me to the waters. Jesus was called to the waters of the Jordan. And there he was baptized. And he heard the Father's voice from above. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And Jesus began that journey where over and over again that identity of being a child of God, a member of the covenant community, was put to the test in much the same way that our identity and our understanding of our destiny is tested over and over again. What remains absolutely of ultimate importance is that we know who we are in this journey, that the church knows who it is. Children of God, baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, having heard the Father's voice, you are my beloved children, and you I am well pleased. I have difficulty trusting that message. Struggle with it along the way. suppose this is why the, the memorial service for um, Steve Hayner was so touching to me last Monday as I watched it on live streaming online uh, from Peachtree Presbyterian Church in, in Atlanta, Georgia. Steve was the president of Columbia Theological Seminary. And in that service, two of his children shared about their father. Daughter Emily said, all kinds of people are asking me, aren't you, uh, aren't you proud of your father? She says, yes, I'm proud of my father, but I never knew him in all of those public roles that people were praising him about. A pastor, a writer, an administrator, a missionary statesman, a spiritual director, a friend of all kinds of people, recognized by the right and the left in this crazy denomination that we're a part of as being a part of their group. Remarkable accomplishment. President of Inner Varsity. A man who was transparent in just about every way. And Emily said, now I'm not proud of my father for these reasons. That I knew him within the intimacy of a family relationship. He was very busy, but in these last months of his life, he allowed me to sit on his bed, on his deathbed, and we talked about life. He said he had been the one who had led so many people to believe 
that God loves every last one of us. And she said, Dad, I have such difficulty in believing that. I struggle with God. And she said, her father confessed to her, you know, I've always had such difficulty with that myself. It's been so hard to believe that God loves me. And she said, that's why I love my father. That's why I'm proud of him so much. He was not just my father. He was my papa. And I love the way she spoke about her father. He was my papa. He was transparent. He shared his doubts and his struggles with me. He brought me into the intimacy of his own struggle even as he faced the end of his life. And I am so proud to be associated with him He's my papa. And that's exactly the word that is used in the text, the Aramaic word, Abba. It means daddy. And Eugene Peterson translates it in the message, Papa. And we see Jesus using this language. It's the language of prayer. It's how Jesus addressed his heavenly father, Papa. It was in the Garden of Gethsemane, Mark chapter 14, the night in which he was arrested, in which he sweat great drops of blood as he faced what he knew was his execution coming in the next few days. He took Peter, James, and John out to a dark part of the garden And there he fell on his knees and he prayed, Abba, Father, Papa, Papa, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but your will be done. And three times, Peter, James, and John heard Jesus pray in agony and suffering as he faced the reality of doing the will of God. If I'd been with Jesus, I would have suggested to him, why don't we go out the back door of the garden and let's escape and go down to Jericho or to the Dead Sea or back to Egypt. Let's go to some place where it's safe and secure, but not with Jesus. In the midst of his pain, his anguish, spiritual and physical, he simply crawled up into his daddy's lap, cried out, Father, Papa, if there's any other way. You ever had a father that He trusted enough to crawl up into his lap. A lot of us, in our journey through life, we we sustained father wounds. Richard Rohr writes about this. He says, we never knew our fathers well enough or trusted them enough 
to crawl up into their laps and to share the deepest longings of our hearts with them. I know what that's like. Every time I visited my dad's grave at the cemetery, it's become a time of public confession and tears. Coming more and more to see his life with compassion and forgiveness. I learned somewhere along the way you just couldn't talk about the really ultimate serious things with him because he was not comfortable. And I accepted that and I loved him and could be very angry with him. And one of the great deals of my life has been able to let my dad off the hook and accept him and love him why does it have to wait to the graveside? Why can't we just risk of sharing with each other what it is we feel and how we're living life and what our dreams are and what our weaknesses are and our failures and disappointments and have the courage to share even with our own children. I've had such difficulty believing that God could love a man or a woman like me. Chip Hainer, the son, and this also struck me, he used the language of Papa. He was his Papa. I don't hear children calling their their dad's papas all that much. I have the distinction being known as pop-pop. And that's great. Chip spoke, he said, you know my dad, my papa, he drove me to school every day. And as he let me out the door of the car, he would lean over and say to me, now Chip, be a gentleman, a scholar, and don't forget whose you are. And he thought, well, this is just kind of gobbledygook that a father will speak to his child as he lets him out at school, but it went on for years. And then he began to get some inclination that Jesus was the greatest gentleman who ever lived. <laughs> kind, patient, looking after the interest of others, laying down his life. He was saying to Chip, follow Jesus. And Jesus was the greatest scholar who ever lived. He knew the revelation of God. He knew the scriptures. He was open to the world. He loved this world in which he lived. And he sought to pass on his vision of the kingdom of God. And he taught. He was a scholar that knew how to preach. Oh, to be able to preach like Jesus. 
But don't forget, don't ever forget whose you are. It's not son that you that you belong just to the family, that you're part of the children of God. But in the most ultimate sense, you belong to me. You belong to God. And may your life become a benediction in which you walk in the ways of God knowing who you are and whose you are. In life and in death, we belong to God through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God the Father, the communion of the Holy Spirit. We belong to God. To whom do you belong? Every last one of us as believers baptized into Jesus have been adopted into his family and we've received the spirit of adoption, the spirit of sonship, so that when we cry out, Abba, Father, the same prayer language as Jesus, we are crawling up into our daddy's lap and saying, Papa, Papa. Lead me, guide me, grant me wisdom. Give me strength to live this day. And as the journey continues across the years, we discover that there are many wonderful, joyful times, mountain peak experiences in following our Lord. And at the same time, we know that there are valleys of great difficulty, even of suffering because we've become identified with Jesus. We're known as members of the children of God. And we are consistently then called back to this great reality that whomever or whatever it is you love, sooner or later, you're going to suffer for that love. You can't even own and love a pet without ultimately suffering for that pet. You can't be a part of the human family without from time to time feeling pain on behalf of that family. You cannot have intimate friendships without at times hurting one another. And the church, together, we walk through valleys of difficulty knowing that we belong to Jesus, but he's our good shepherd. And when we become lost, he reaches out for us and carries us in his arms when he finds us and brings us home to the security of the flock, but it's a security in which we call to remember that it's not just seeking the one lost sheep, but the 99 that were left alone on the hillside to experience the vulnerability of the good shepherd going out. <laughs> So the message this morning boils down simply to this. I'd like to claim the Hainer family message. Be gentle persons. Be good disciples, students of Jesus. And never forget whose you are. You belong to Christ. 
then you belong to God. And nothing can separate us from the Father's love. I invite you to stand and let's do our affirmation of faith. Hilberg Catechism. What do you believe concerning the Holy Spirit? First, that with the Father and the Son, He is equally eternal God. Second, that God's Spirit is also given to me, preparing me through a true faith to share in Christ and all His benefits, that He comforts me and will abide with me forever. You may be seated as we receive our morning offering.
Our gracious and our loving Heavenly Father, as we watched this young child be brought through the waters of baptism, this young Wyatt James, we watched as we too have walked through the waters of baptism. For we have been put into the death of Jesus that we might now live in the new life of Jesus as we come through the waters of baptism, through the Red Sea, through the troubles in our lives, so that we might now stand as your adopted children. You have brought us into the family of Abraham, in whose family all the families of the earth are blessed. We no longer belong to our fleshly families, no matter how good or how poor they were, to our tribe, to our hometown, to our race, to our tongue, to our nation. Now may the movement of the spirit of life in the Messiah Jesus set us free from the machinations of sin and of death. Enable us to live as your daughters and sons, having been baptized into the death of Jesus, that we might live in the new life of the Messiah. And as your adopted children, we now pray for a world that continues to be divided by tribe, hometown, race, tongue, and nation, particularly for the Middle East this morning, Iraq, Syria, Israel, Iran, the emerging ISIS group, and in the Caucasus region for Russia and for Ukraine. Our world seems so bitter and so divided, Lord. Bring us together by the power of your spirit. Heal the divided loyalties in our world and in our nation, the ethnic divisions in our local communities. Heal our warring madness at home and abroad. And as we come into this sanctuary and we give you thanks for being our Father, Abba, we now bring our needs for our families. We lift them up to you even now in a moment of silence. We pray as well for the needs of this family of God gathered in Laguna Beach, for Janine Fassett, for Jim McCluskey, for Carl Post, for Fred Sharman, for June Shaw, and for Judy Stewart. And now, God, our Father, because Jesus called you Abba, Father, we pray the prayer that Jesus prayed to his Father, our Father, who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever.
Lord whom we know is a God of covenant faithfulness, a God of mercy and grace, a God who is love, who promises never to leave us alone. The apostles say that perfect love drives out fear. May the faith the hope and the love of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be so alive within us today that we would name him Abba, Father, and go forth in the security of knowing the one whom we follow on our life journey, whatever the circumstances, whatever may happen, knowing that we are not alone, that we journey with the Good Shepherd. Go in peace. Amen.